1: come check us out our exclusive bonus content over at patreon.com backslash dynasty theory that includes the breaking news podcast we released one of those on the podcast feed this week as kind of a sneak preview to what you can expect we have the sunday morning brunch live streams the tears the patreon leagues and more again if you enjoy it come check us out i am joined by dan Lamagna, that is at ff coach dan on twitter what's up dan
0: Gentlemen, good to see you as always as we record here on Tuesday. It was another good weekend there. My uh, Bucks Bills Super Bowl hopes are still alive. The DFS winning streak continues and, you know, preparing to join you guys with the first Dynasty startup after the Super Bowl. So good times, man. Good times. Dan's finally catching up. Dan's catching up. And
1: we are joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at Dino MC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? What's up,
2: guys? Hopefully we could get some of these podcasts out, liven up all of the leagues out there, because it's hard to get trades done. I mean, I've sent out quite a few, and they just sit with no response for days. And I'm like, well, guess that person's not around right now. I
1: have actually been getting responses. Believe it or not, That's I've good. been getting responses, but most of the trades have been rejected for one reason or another. And you know, my offers, they're all strong. They're always, all strong offers. Always. But I told you, and we talked about it in the Patreon chat today. I see Ben, I see Packy, I see Owen in the chat. What's up, guys? But one thing that I was trying to do today, every day it's like I target one specific trade and one kind of uh you know format that I'm looking for. And it was moving one of my Calvin Ridley shares for Amari Cooper Plus because I think in a lot of situations People are going to have Calvin Ridley ahead of Amari Cooper. I didn't get one done. Luckily, Ben in our Patreon chat, he did get one done, so I was happy for him. But I said I I was a little jealous. I was a little jealous.
0: So, and and Dan, you
1: were like, if you can get Amari, oh my goodness, yes.
0: I was. I was getting exciting. I was. I was having a moment there when I heard the Amari talk there, and and for you to get him, John, trying to go after him, I I like that, my friend.
1: No, but close, but no cigar. Well. Might not even been close i don't know anyway let's get into the conversation last week
0: before before, jb before you dive in i just got a question for both of you i I don't want to lose this thought here so You know, John's like you know we have rapid fire coming tonight. John's always on rapid fire mode, and then Mitch is like somewhere in the middle, and I'm like that slow brew. So with the trade offers, John, is it you know people that are active that are responding to you? Mitch, are you noticing that these are guys that are not normally active? I'm kind of curious because like I am responding, but I'm not as maybe fast as I normally am. Like once the Super Bowl is over, then I kind of kick it into gear. So I'm curious who you're targeting and how that's going.
1: For me, it's been across the board. It's been league members that typically have been active, and then. Some, I mean, I've talked about how many leagues. I mean, you guys are very well aware of that. And there's some people I'm like, oh, I I don't really recognize this name, but they respond to this trade offer. So it's a pleasant surprise. So I've been seeing it from both ends. Mitch and I in one of our co-managed leagues today, we got a trade done with somebody that really did not trade too much during the regular season. So it was a really pleasant surprise to get that negotiation going. But I've been seeing it from both sides. There's the people that are always active who will always
2: respond, but even like there's just not a lot of gumption to get it done right now. Everyone's kind of like, ah, I could wait a month and see what happens. I could wait for free agency. I need to wait for this coach to come in. And so there's a little bit of just that waiting period right now for the next few weeks. I think it's understandable.
1: And why, and why is there that waiting period? Because just like last off season, and the entire off season, every week I felt like, Oh, this is the craziest off season of all time. But now, as this offseason kicks off with all the volatility, especially the quarterback position, which we're going to talk about tonight because we touched on running backs last week, we don't really know where these guys are going to land. We don't really know how contracts are going to play out. If you look across the quarterback landscape right now, I don't think you can look at that and confidently say, these 16 quarterbacks, 100%, they're going to be the starter on, in week one. I don't think you can do that this year. I would say 12 to 14, like 100% locked and loaded. Like Matthew Stafford, yeah, probably, but there's that little bit of doubt. But what I want to talk about tonight, and the question that I pose to you guys, Dan, I know you always get excited when I throw these prompts out for you. I make you do a little homework. But quarterback bargains, at this point in the offseason, who were a few quarterbacks that you guys are looking at in an existing league? A startup. You look at them and you can't believe the price that they're going. And you're like, "That's somebody that I want to target." Dan, let's start with you. How's
0: it going? And I think we spent a lot of time last off season on the quarterback position, provided a lot of value for for our listeners. And this is the one area where, even though I might be a slow brew, you know, wait until after the Super Bowl, I'm I'm kind of already, you know, I have a jump start on this position. And for me, I de- identified and with a big disclaimer here, Coach Dan disclaimer only buying low and at value only, because I'm not traditionally high on this guy, but is Jameis Winston. Uh to me, there although there's you know there's so much uncertainty in New Orleans and their quarterback direction that the value is low. But I think we have enough to speculate that Breeze is retiring. And you know, we saw that little end on a positive note, Winston threw a touchdown in the playoff game. I think Breeze could open up enough salary cap for a team that desperately needs it. You have Mike Thomas and Alvin Kamara in place. They're not in a position in the draft where they're going to get their next franchise quarterback. It's hard to just pick up a a franchise quarterback. He's had some issues throwing interceptions historically, but I, I have a feeling Coach Payton likes this project. And again, buy low, add a value. You're probably getting the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints next year. And now's the time to pounce.
1: Dan, he is an impending free agent. Does that concern you at all? Does the fact that Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill more than most people love their families, does that concern you at all?
0: I can see Taysom, you know, going back into just that Taysom Taysom Hill role. I think only Sean Payton and inside the walls of New Orleans knows what they have and Jameis Winston. And I think if I'm another owner or coach, I mean, you're going to limit that pool based on, okay, who needs a quarterback? Then you take out who's going to be able to get that quarterback in the draft. If they're looking at free agency, there's probably safer options. You know, I mean, he's had some off-field challenges in the past. He's obviously has trouble, you know, protecting the football, which is a major concern in the National Football League. So I think Winston himself too probably wants to sign in New Orleans. He seems very happy there. He's learning a lot. He knows he has a coach that believes in him and they'll give him an opportunity. And I'm sure New Orleans could kind of work something like uh, hey, we're gonna give you an opportunity. If you earn it, we'll either A, give you a, you know, I think that contract's gonna be a little, as John Barr would say, price dependent on performance. But I think New Orleans will pay a little bit. They'll keep him there. Maybe it's a one-year deal with an opportunity to go beyond that.
1: And I'm glad, I'm really glad that you said that. His contract would be price dependent on what he would do on the field. This is where Mitch and I disagree. Mitch, you had some thoughts about Jameis Winston and the contract and that salary cap hell that New Orleans Saints is currently in.
2: Right. I mean, they're kind of in hell, but they actually have a lot of pieces they could move, restructure. So I don't think they're as bad of shape as someone is like the Eagles is in. But even as bad of shape as the Saints are in, they could still re sign Winston. So what there kind of is with incentive deals is you could have two contracts, right? Let's say Chris Carson is up for a new contract, which he is. Seattle says you rush for a 1,000 yards this season, you get $500,000. Since he had a good season last year, that $500,000 is going to count against the 2021 cap. Now you have Jameis Winston, who didn't play hardly at all. So any like incentives that say he needs 4,000 passing yards, all of those are included as like not likely to be earned incentives. All of those get pushed off to 2022 because it's all based off like last year's stats. I was doing a little bit of reading that today. So they could sign him to a $2 million deal and be like, look, here's 15 million. You could earn in incentives. And as far as what i have understanding with the cap is, it doesn't affect the 2021 cap at all. It pushes everything to 2022, which is, you know, it's what the Saints love to do. And so I just think there's a decent chance that Jameis could be the quarterback for the Saints next year.
1: I hope so for all the pieces involved. And it's not so much, we talked about this, The I don't want to get too much into the New Orleans Saints themselves because this is specifically about the quarterbacks. But a lot of people, they're fading Michael Thomas. We saw the report that he played with two separate injuries throughout the entire season. He wasn't sure if this was going to be Drew Brees' last season. And because of that, He played this season. He wanted to have a chance to win that Super Bowl with Drew Brees. A lot of people are fading Michael Thomas, like I said, but he had a 30 plus percent target share with Taysom Hill. But the overall amount of targets, that pie, it gets a little bit smaller. And I think that could expand with Jameis Winston. So I actually, Jameis Winston, we could dive into the Saints and talk about all the different angles. Mm -hmm. That could be a five hour show. But Jameis Winston himself, 27 years old, just over a million dollar cap hit in 2020. He's going to be a free agent. Mitch, you seem a little bit more optimistic, like we just said, that they can get something done here in 2021. And then I was just looking at some other potential landing spots based on uh, the quarterback situation that they currently have and then the money that's tied up. Indianapolis, New England, Washington, Dallas, Dan, Dallas. Stop
0: it, JB. Stop it, JB.
1: Or Denver. And that was brought up in the chat earlier today. So those are just some options. But this is the first time in a long time in the last week I have had multiple offers for my Jameis Winston shares. And it's good to see some interest within the community. So, Dan, I think that's a really good one that you brought to the table tonight. Mitch? I was just going to say real quick we're going to talk about the team later, but I also like him going to the Rams. I kind of like it as a backup there. We'll, we'll get into that because that Ram situation is very interesting. Okay. But quarterback bargain, who do you have? You came up with this question, right? And I'm looking through
2: my tears. I'm like, I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't (laughs) like him. I don't like him. And I'm 15 deep. And I'm like, I don't like any of these guys. And so I went with the quarterback who's two years in has the rushing floor. We're always looking at with the fantasy um quarterbacks and has pretty good skill position around him and it's going to be daniel jones like i'm not saying he's a good quarterback i'm not saying that like i have even faith that he's going to keep the job within three years but once you get into the here let me pull up my tears real quick you get to bridgewater daniel jones ben sam darnold rivers cam newton i mean You can't trust any of these guys. So give me the one that should be the starter for at least two more years. He gives you that rushing for each game. I mean, he might run for 80 yards and fall right at the two yard line and not get the touchdown, but he at least has that in his package. And so I'm more than willing as my third quarterback to have Daniel Jones on a fair amount of my teams this year.
1: Just like you said, first, uh, Dan, I'll turn over you in a second, but Dan I think he got the, the prime one as as a bargain mm-hmm. because there's so much upside there with Jameis Winston. But like you said, Mitch, and this is what I've been focusing on in these early off-season startups, and we've been focusing on it in trades in our co-managed leagues. I want to get those top 15 quarterbacks one way or another. I want to get them. And once you slip beyond that, things get very ugly and the question marks are raised. So I have a few points on Daniel Jones as well. But Dan, Dan was excited. Uh, NFC least Uh, NFC least. Anyway, Dan, what do you got here on Daniel Jones?
0: I'm going to agree with Mitchell here. and, And for one key point, it's really the same reason I have Jameis Winston as a, as a bargain. Daniel Jones and Jameis Winston, JB, I would actually, if I'm trading in dynasty right now, would go after either of those two guys before the majority of your list on the rapid fire tonight. And we won't get into that until, until the rapid fire because of one key thing Mitch said, and it's, he believed Daniel Jones is going to be there for two years, maybe three. And I think we're taking our best educated guess that these guys are going to land back in their current spots and that the team is investing in them in win, one way, shape or form. Like with Jameis, I know there was a comment about to Denver and we could speculate of places he could potentially land. Cause anyone, I mean, Hey, it's a business. Someone could sweep in there and say, Hey, GM head coach, we need competition here in Denver, and we're, we're going to have them compete with Drew Lock. That could happen, but I don't think New, uh, New Orleans lets them out the door. You know, I think they're going to bring Winston back. I think that is their plan with Taysom Hill, little special package, and, and some insurance. And I think Danny Dimes again. That that team is all in. You know, they have a head coach that's bringing stability, who's just going into year two with this quarterback, and they're going to invest in him and, and and ride it out. Do we believe in him long term? To Mitch said, no, we've got question marks, but we at least for two years think we could we could roll the dice on Danny Dimes.
1: And for once, I would like to see the pieces in that offense stay healthy. Saquon yeah. Barkley. Evan Ingram is actually somewhat healthy this year. He saw over 100 targets. But the wide receiver core, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, not sexy names in the fantasy community, but – What Daniel Jones actually excels at, whether or not there is something he excels at besides running the ball, it's those short to intermediate passes. Mm -hmm. And that's why Barkley, Engram, Tate, Shepard, they really can do well with him at quarterback. And then Darius Slayton, well, he kind of had a down year after he came out of nowhere. But for Daniel Jones, he did just enough this year to get them to the 11th pick, the big four that we have talked about countless times. Yep. Lawrence. Fields, Wilson, Lance—all four of those guys are going to be gone by that eleventh pick. So unless they look to move up, you're not going to take a Mac Jones at that point. I don't see the point in bringing in a big-time free agent or, you know, uh, or somebody that potentially gets cut, then they could sign him. But I I think Daniel Jones did just enough, and with a contract running through 2022. And the option to extend for 2023. Mitch, you mentioned he's there for two years at least. And I think that's all we can really hope for with this quarterback landscape. So Daniel Jones, I think that's a really good one as well. It's it's
2: scary. You know, we mentioned it during some of the Patreon shows that we do on Sunday mornings, but like you were mentioning, once you get past the top 15 quarterbacks, there's no trust there. I mean, David Carr might be the best quarterback and I have no faith in him being the starter in two years, and he had a really good year this year. You know, it's that quarterback landscape is drastically different than what we were calling it last year. Last year, we're like, oh, you can wait till the eighth round to get
1: quarterbacks. Now I'm like, nope. And what happens when you wait? You get Jimmy Garoppolo
0: in every freaking league. Holy cow. Uh, We have a comment. Oh, Dan. I'll even close on the Derek Carr comment for for this. I mean, I think with Derek Carr, he was he was kind of almost in that bargain range for for me too, Mitch. You know, yes, I still probably have a question mark in my my spreadsheet there next to him, but I do think the Raiders are a little bit more pegged into still investing in him and not having an option out at this time. And, and he did do decent. You know, I, I think there's still more growth opportunity for that offense. So, I'm I'm a semi believer in Derek Carr for for maybe another season or two.
1: Well, they do have a contractual
0: out there. It's zero
1: dead cap, but I think again, yeah. he, he where do you turn
0: team. though? Where do you turn? I think that, that's where you get yeah. stuck, John.
1: That that's a really good point, and that's exactly it. And then we had a comment in the chat from Owen to wrap up things on Daniel Jones. He excels at fumbling the ball. He actually cut that down from nineteen to eleven. So we're <sighs> we're 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 working in the right <laughs> direction. Small steps, and baby. Steps. Keep it going. The big thing with him that touchdown percentage it was unsustainable for him. Right around 5% his, I almost said his freshman year, his rookie year, it not, went down to two and a half percent this year. So it kind of knocked him down. It's going to gonna bounce back up. Like 2% is and and so that's low. horribly low. <laughs> that's really low. So we talked about a couple of the quarterback bargains, and I want to transition into some of the fades. And mm-hmm. for one reason or another, you see this name and your stomach, it gets a little upset. you you, you might have to grab the, the uh, garbage can. You know, you're not sure if anything's going to come up here, but Mitch, let's start with you. Who's a quarterback. You you're fading completely this off season. It's Teddy Bridgewater. I do not believe that
2: he will be the starter for more than four or five games next year, whoever they draft, whoever ends up being, if they end up trading up for Wilson, if they end up getting Lance, I believe Teddy Bridgewater is just a below-average starter in the NFL, and that's kind of who he's always been. So him and Cam Newton are the only quarterbacks that started 15 games that threw less than 20 touchdowns. And Teddy Bridgewater actually threw 15 touchdowns. And so he's just 15 touchdowns. I mean, his completion percentage was all right, but that's because he doesn't push the ball down the field. I just don't believe there's any way that the Panthers are going to leave this draft without a quarterback. And Teddy Bridgewater probably won't be the starter all year. So how can you have him in your super flex leagues? I mean, you would have to hope he goes to Denver or somewhere else. It is.
1: I do need to shave my beard. Thanks for pointing that out, Ben. But Teddy Bridgewater. Really quick. What about my beard? I I have not. This is no joke. I haven't shaved in over a week. I don't know if I should admit
2: that. That's impressive, but Teddy Bridgewater going anywhere else. You can't pencil him in for a starter. If he went to the Colts March 1st, I don't know if he would be starting over Brissett. I know Brissett's a free agent too, but I could see that one being 50-50 depending on what the coaching staff likes.
1: Teddy Bridgewater, I was so excited because again, he was that value coming into, I would have put him in the quarterback bargain coming into 2020 and then i got into a discussion during the offseason whether or not teddy bridgewater was in fact a bridge quarterback no pun intended there but he he looked good he did that little stretch he looked good so i had a few smart alec comments where i went in and i was like oh is he still a bridge quarterback <laughs> you better believe he is and now I'm, sure like, is. I'm like oh, i'm got to retreat from that conversation million in dead cap in 2021. Pretty much nothing in 2022. I think, Mitch, I think you have it right. Bring in a Trey Lance. Heck, let him sit for the entire season if you want to. And then get him prepared for 2022. I got to make sure I get all my years right now because now we're, I'm like, oh, 2021. All right, Dan, Teddy Bridgewater, what are your thoughts here?
0: Yeah, I think he fits in that class that, you know, Mitch is identifying of guy, teams that are in a draft position where they can replace them or create competition and take him to that category of bridge quarterback, as you mentioned, JB. Um, I'm definitely concerned if we're having any dynasty drafts before the NFL draft, he would be on a, a fade list because I, I think Justin Fields or whoever it may be is, is going to be competing. It'll be a matter of time before they win that job. Now, after draft day, if Carolina surprises us for some reason and the new GM comes in and says, hey, you know, we are going to invest in Teddy a little bit longer and they don't draft anybody, maybe we change our conversation.
1: I would be very surprised if they did. And I think, in fact, Teddy Bridgewater is a bridge quarterback. He's like the newer version of Tyrod Taylor. Everywhere he goes, he's just going to be a bridge. (laughs) And that's just who he is. Now, you both actually came to me with this name. And Dan, let's start with you and then Mitch throw in your secondary thoughts okay. to, to close it out here. But Dan,
0: your fade. I'm, I'm glad you started with me on this one only because, you know, the three of us, we, we do our research, you know, we, we say, Hey, all right, what what do our listeners want? What are we keying in on going into the next show? We crafted our guys, we picked this guy and then somewhere after we picked this guy, Twitter, podcasts, everybody talked about them. So I want to be really careful to not let the listeners think we're regurgitating any kind of information, but we hopped on Jared Goff and believe firmly in it. But I want to be very careful of analysis because I listened to two podcasts today and they both spoke about Jared Goff and, and neither were in really a positive, encouraging <laughs> uh, way. So, you know, with that, we, we've watched it. We know and I know, John, you did some good analysis in our notes of the salary cap situation and when there is a potential out. And I think that's the key piece here. You know, I think they're, they're they're stuck in their investment next season, no matter what. They're possibly stuck with it for two years. Your notes mentioned year three would be the best time to get out. We all watched the press conference with Coach McVay, who was kind of um, not really uh, – you know, didn't quite sell me on Jared Goff's their guy by any means. For me, something that nobody has said on their podcast that I listen to today, because he has had moments. You know, did he make a, a decent throw or two in the playoff game? Yeah, he made a decent throw or two. But he's not a scrambler. And in fantasy football and dynasty fantasy football, we're looking for that quarterback that could run, do something when things aren't just perfect for him. He reminds me a little bit of like Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, the guys that really have to have everything good around him. Like we all like Dalton a bit this year, but Dalton had all these great wide receivers. And, you know, once the O line kind of got squared away a little bit, he was able to do some things. We're all done with Joe Flacco. But even with the Jets there, he kind of flashed something this year. No one wants Joe Flacco. But so with Goff, I think, you know, we're concerned about him not operating in McVeigh's system and I think that's why he's you know he's 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 losing faith he didn't, he didn't do what was expected of him this year so he is a, definitely a fade to me because I think in three years he is definitely a backup quarterback and I don't want to draft a guy that doesn't have some upside of you know or at least I'm not I don't have conviction on keeping that job beyond two three seasons
1: I have frantically been trying to package him with anything even for for Stafford for just a slight upgrade, but I think a little bit more security. And the game is changing, right? You talked about an Andy Dalton, and a Joe Flacco, those statue-esque quarterbacks that aren't very mobile. And Jared Goff falls into that category. Matt Ryan falls into that category. If you look at it, and Mitch, I'll turn it over to you in a second. 2017 to 2018, his touchdown rate, it was uh over two percent higher than it was these past two seasons and how do we really what can we attribute that to 2017 2018 todd Gurley, maybe that helped out a little bit and very maybe good offensive at, line very good offensive line and it seems like whatever worked at the end of 2019 a lot of the 12 personnel they still ran 12 personnel mm-hmm. But those tight ends, they weren't used the same way. And I think it's because they had to stay into block. And I have to look at the route run numbers and all that stuff. But that's just my quick thought. But uh, Mitch, what do you think here? And then I have something else to say on Jared Goff.
2: Right. So just just looking at just fantasy-wise, his last seven regular games of the regular season, he had seven touchdowns and seven interceptions in the, that seven games combined, he had seven touchdowns and seven interceptions. He had a couple rushing touchdowns in there, but we can't see that. Like that, those are just the lucky touchdowns because he's not doing that all the time. And so when I look at him, he is just a guy to where last year I had faith. I was like, you know what? They're going to have to pass more. He looked really good at the end of last year. I'm like, all right, this is someone to where he used to be really good at home and bad on the road this year he was mm-hmm. actually better on the road than he was at home but when you look at him there's just no upside there at all I mean what's his ceiling
0: I, I, I would if I could answer a little, a little mm-hmm. bit of that there with, with Jared Goff you know if, if in dynasty you kind of, you like commitment all right in, in redraft like let's say the Rams have a really good off season this year like everything's good around him. I would take him in redraft. I think he could have a decent season. But in Dynasty, we like commitment. And he's like, you know, he, he had a Super Bowl. Acres is trending up. He's got Cup and Woods. I, I think they do need more help offensively. He needs everything good around him. But he's like that relationship that we may have been in where, you know, it's nice early. You go to the Super Bowl. Everything looks good. And then we just don't have enough information about that person to know if they're going to be a long-term commitment. And he is not a long-term commitment. He is a short-term relationship. So perfect storm, uh, mitch maybe this season you draft him but i would take every opportunity if you get stuck drafting him to trade him when he has that one good week or whenever you can so
2: what you're saying is jared goff is like the girls on the second episode of the bachelor that you know they get a lot of screen time that first episode and then that second episode you can see it's going downhill and then at the end like they're just walking out without the rose that, that sounds
0: accurate but john bauer knows that better than anybody john wait wait i i don't want to hijack this
1: but my wife <laughs> and i we, did you watch it last night mitch right sure did <laughs> so we watched it last night and the girl we we both liked her i she went nuts she she ended up leaving and jared you know goff. i know that. but anyway uh the the analogy that dan made it's like you move in with jared goff You see the way that he brushes his teeth. He's the person that gets the toothpaste all over the mirror. And you're like, "Ah, I didn't know this about you. And now I can't, I I can't commit. I got to get out. And that could be Jared Goff. I don't see how you get out this year. $65 million in dead cap. That is an absurd amount. Even to say if he would be a bridge quarterback. And I know there's always ways to finagle around the, the salary cap. I know that. But $65 million in 2021, $31 million in 2022, and Dan, you talked about it tw- going into 2023. That might be the best opportunity. But Jared Goff, somebody that I'm willing to let slip in startups. I'm not looking to target him in trade scenarios. And we're going to talk about all these quarterbacks in the rapid fire that we're going to be wrapping the show up with tonight. Dan, you have something else here? Is it about the way Jared Goff brushes his teeth?
0: So, something along those lines. Just, just one last thought. I think on, on Jared Goff, and I'm even losing my train here. You're distracting me. Um, you know, he, the Rams are stuck in that bad relationship for, for for one to two seasons. So, you know, if you if you do get stuck with him, no, he's he's probably gonna be a backup at some point. But Owens asking, and I think he's asked this, and I don't know where it fits under any fantasy football category because he's he's as old as Frank Gore. But I think he's asked, and we we seem to always ignore this and never answer it, but what's going to happen with Fitzmagic? You know, will he sign somewhere? I, I feel like I've seen that in past chats here in our Patreon. Um, I do think if he still wants to play football, anyone will take him. Like someone's going to land him. And, you know, if, if you wanted to keep him on a, like a deep, deep dynasty stash and, you know, some team's stuck with Bridgewater or Goff and at some point they want to win now, you know the Rams want to win, he could end up in a situation where he, he helps you a couple games during a season.
1: And he's such a great locker room guy. I don't think I have ever heard anything bad, at least, you know, recently about him. It seems like he's always willing to work with the younger quarterbacks, something maybe Ben Roethlisberger needs to figure out. Maybe he should call Mr. Fitzpatrick. Hey, how do you help your younger quarterbacks? Because I'm not doing that. That's never
0: gonna happen. Ben found the Lord in the last year, man. He's he's been a little bit different now at the very end of his career, but historically, you're spot on with that, JB. At
1: least on Instagram.
0: Yeah, right. At least on Instagram.
1: Well, maybe the Lord can help. Maybe the Lord can help him find the end zone a little bit more often. That's maybe. Anyway, not to get too religious there, but now we're going to get into the price check rapid fire. So what we're going to do? I'm going to run through. What do I got here? I got six quarterbacks, and I'm either going to give you. A cutoff like quarterback twenty. Are you buying or selling at that? Or a rookie draft pick here in twenty twenty one for super flex rookie drafts? So, Dan, you were jumping around last time we did a rapid fire, but we're gonna go Mitch, Dan, Mitch, Dan, all the way through. Does that work for you, gentlemen?
0: I think I for could our listeners. Up. For our listeners, really for me, so I'm not confused. But for our listeners, just to be clear, John. So, I am telling you whether I am buying or selling the quarterback you name. That's exactly right. I got it.
1: All right, Mitch, Jalen Hurts at quarterback 15. And side note, that's inclusive of incoming rookies. So, so Matt Ryan, would you buy or sell at the 109 in Superflex rookie drafts? So, so. Jared Goff, would you sell or buy at the 109? Sell. Sold. Jameis Winston, 206. Bye. 206. I'll buy. Teddy Bridgewater, same pick, 206. Sell. So. Daniel Jones, quarterback, 23. And that again is inclusive of incoming rookies. Bye. I'll buy. Wow, a lot of disagreement there. That was a clean. <laughs> that swear. was a good one. <laughs> that is rare.
0: Six is for rare. six.
1: But I, that means I, I definitely made it too easy then. God.
0: Yes. Holy cow! You, 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 you threw us big like beach balls tonight, JB. They were they were big because I, like I think every one of those guys just had like Maddie Ryan. It, it just I've gotten scared away. Like all those guys, I think they're going to draft someone, or it's just the, the the end is near.
2: And I'll say all this right. about Jalen Hurts, just really quick on him. I'm not saying sell because I don't like Jalen Hurts. I'm saying sell because I don't like the Eagles organization right now. Like, I love Jalen Hurts, and I think he could end up being a good quarterback. I just don't want the quarterback of the Eagles right now. I just don't trust that they'll be there in two years with a new coach coming in and probably a new GM here in a year or two.
0: Agreed. And at 15, I think I know I'll go in a different direction. So you both were selling at quarterback
1: 15. What about Mm -hmm. quarterback 18?
0: So looking at rankings here probably still in sell mode, but it's getting closer yeah.
1: all right matt ryan we're we're going through this again because that was way too easy Matt Ryan 112. 12th overall rookie pick
0: bye I'm still selling I just got this gut before draft day I'm selling after draft day this could be like the most worst take ever but I, okay. I, I, they may go in a different direction. that's my gut.
1: All right, but I like that. Then there's a little bit of, you know, a disagreement there. 112 right around that point. Jared Goff, I think we might have to go a little bit later. 202. Probably have to buy him at that point. My cutoff's going to be
2: where I think I could get the top four quarterbacks in a rookie draft. I think 109, you could still end up getting one of those guys. When you get past that,
1: that's why I picked 109.
2: Once you get past that, and I'm having to go with, you know, Mac Jones or Jared Goff, I might have to go with Jared Goff at that point.
1: Uh, and then skipping down, we'll revisit Daniel Jones because quarterback 23 was too easy for you to. Quarterback 20, bye. Still a bye. All right, so Mitch, Daniel Jones or Jalen Hurts? Straight up right now in Dynasty. Oh, Daniel Jones. Okay, all right.
2: Yeah, if I have Jalen Hurts in, on any team and someone sends me Daniel Jones this week,
1: I'll snap accept it in a heartbeat. And that's more so because of the the organization. Yeah, two years. I, yeah. I, I saw a clip and I forget what I was even looking up, and it was Mike Florio and Dan within 30 seconds, he throws out the word dysfunction. I audibly laughed out loud. I, but he didn't have the pizzazz that you had. He just <laughs> went, yeah, there was dysfunction there. He, he does not put the fun in dysfunction. Sorry, Mike Florio. Sorry.
0: I love that word pizzazz. I have to have not used didn't. that one in a while. That was good.
1: He, he just didn't have it. All right. So, looking to make the episodes a little bit shorter again, exclusive bonus content over at patreon.com backslash dynasty theory. And I told you guys 30 to 40 minutes. I, I thought we could get it there and we accomplished that. But now for Dan's favorite part,
2: final thoughts.
1: So I can't even say, Oh, you know, week 13, what are your thoughts heading into week 13? It's another random week in January. Dan, what do you have for our listeners?
0: See, I'm going to help with that, JB. I mean, I like we we, we got z- in the zone tonight. We zeroed in on our content, you know, condensing the episode a little bit. But it's not just another day in January. I want to put some time frames to our listeners as we kind of map out our, our dynasty roadmap here. You know, we got the Super Bowl coming up February 7th, but it's important to know before that is going to be the Senior Bowl, January 25th. I believe that's a correct date. You know, so we'll be, you know, getting some... Draft analysis there at the Senior Bowl. Then, after the Super Bowl, February 23rd to March 9th is your next key dates where the franchise transition player designation period is. There, we're going to start getting a little bit more direction. Um, there's it's good to know that, like the NFL, no NFL trades until the league calendar year flips over, the new 2021 year starts, and that's March 17th. So, March 17th, now things are going to start really brewing in the NFL. Like right now, it's all rumors that we don't know what's true, not true. That's going to pick up. Then April, we really get cranking, boys. We got the start of off-season workouts for teams with new head coaches, April 5th, so we'll start learning. April 19th, workouts with incumbent rookie coaches. They don't need that early start. And then April 23rd, the last day of restricted free agency period. The 28th of April, last day to match offer sheets. And then our favorite draft day, April 29th to May 1st, we're going to really ramp it up then. So just some key dates to keep a hold of. And hopefully somewhere in the early part of those dates, I'll have peace of mind. And Dak Prescott will sign with Dallas and I'll be a a happy camper.
1: And Dan's favorite time of year, whenever he gets to see the dudes with their workout videos, that is Dan's (laughs) favorite part. He wants to see Austin Eckler doing those pull-ups and Dan's like, yes, I love it. All right. Mitch, I think it's past your bedtime. You're rubbing your eyes already. So what are your final thoughts? Yeah, man, it's 730 here. It's well past my bedtime.
2: But I was just going to mention, you know, scouting combine is canceled. Be very, very careful of when you see these 40 times. These schools run different times. They have faster tracks at some schools. So be wary of the speed score. We know the speed score is huge for running backs. The fact is we can't really trust it this year. You know, that one-tenth of a second that could run faster at Washington, it's not the same when someone runs at LSU. It's just those 40 times are going to be really hard to match up, so
1: trust the tape. So if you are an analytics person, do you wait breakout age, dominator rating, and then just simply the draft capital? Do you wait yeah. that a little bit more this year as opposed to, oh, John John Bauer got a 4-1 on his 40 this week? <laughs> John Bauer, 6 4 I'll draw on a six pack too. All right, guys, another fantastic episode. We want to thank everybody that was in the chat. We want to thank everybody for tuning in on the podcast feed, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at dynasty theory FF. Again, if you are looking for exclusive bonus content, find us at patreon.com backslash dynasty theory, stay safe, be kind to each other and have a great night.